Welcome to the Victory Life Church podcast. We believe it's important to present an uncomplicated and uncluttered view of Christ and how we should live. We hope this podcast inspires you and helps build your faith. If you ever find yourself in the area, come check us out. For more information on services and events, visit us at blcministries.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at VLC Plantation. I'd like to give you a test today. And here's the way it's going to work. I'm going to read a verse, and you only have to ask yourself one question. But here's the catch. And the question is, do you believe this verse to be true? And the catch is, it can't be based on what you say. It has to be based on how you live. Okay, you ready for it? Psalm 127. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who has his quiver full of them. So according to God in this verse, children, all children, are a heritage, a reward, and a blessing from God. And you you might say, I believe that. Well, my question to you is, if you really believe that, Why do you work so hard to make sure you don't have too many of them? I mean, after all, these blessings, they're expensive and they're a lot of work. And the faith it takes to take care of them, I mean, mean, what happens? What if we have too many of these? I mean, we're not going to be able to go on the kind of vacations we want to go on, to live in the house you want to live in, to drive the kind of car you want to drive. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe in the blessings of God. I just believe we have it a bit backwards. You know, we we call this material blessings. And we look at the house, the vacation, the car, and we say, that's the blessing of God. And And our arms are wide open and we're saying, God, bless me more. I'm open as your servant. And then God says, I want to give you a blessing called children. And we're like, God, hold on. Maybe not so much. Let's be careful. Not too radical. And that's why if you take a typical, average, young Christian couple, one of the first decisions they make, and they often make it before they're married, is the lifestyle they want to live. The second decision is how many kids can fit into that lifestyle. Now, that's also how the world goes about building a family, and as a result, they have two kids. And you think, oh, the church is different. We have many, many. no, no, we're, we're, we're two kids as well. We follow the world just in that same way. And it really wasn't that long ago in this country, if you were to ask a young Christian couple, hey, how many kids do you guys want to have? They would have said, well... I don't know, as many as the Lord blesses us with. And then they would go on to have 10, 15, 20 kids. And the the crazy thing of all is they would look at all 20 as a blessing. Now, I'm not even going to challenge you guys to do that. Not because I don't think it's biblical. I just don't think any of us have the faith to do it. So I'm going to challenge you in a different area. I'm going to say, however many kids you have, Or however many kids you want to have, how about the faith to have just one more? And how about the faith of that one more being maybe a foster child or an adopted child? 
In Matthew chapter 25, we read, The Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the holy angels with him. He will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats will be on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Have you ever read this verse before and thought, the only problem with this verse is I don't know anyone who's hungry, who is thirsty, or needs to be taken in. Well, I can help you today to never have that problem. I'm going to introduce you to a group of people that need you, and that is children. And they're children that come from neglected and, and broken homes. And maybe you've never before today even considered the possibility of being in that home for that child. And what I would ask you is to just simply pray, God, is this your will? And God, if it is, can you make it clear? And you know, God's really good at that. He can make it clear. And and let me kind of walk you through, if you decide to be that foster family, how that actually works, uh, as you go through the program and, and you get qualified, you basically at that point are just waiting for the phone call, as, as was mentioned earlier. And here's what typically happens. You have a mom and a dad, let's just say uh, it's a five-year-old boy. And the mom and dad are on drugs, and, they, and they're so controlled by their addiction, they can't even take care of the needs of their child. And, and instead of being the nurturing, loving parents, they're actually abusing and neglecting the child. It gets to a point where the state has to step in and remove that child from the home. And here's the big question, where does that child go? Well, if enough Christians would step up, we'd say, let's put them in a Christian home and then we could change the trajectory of their life. But unfortunately, right now as I speak, there's 43 kids that just came in, and guess where they're going? They're going to a foster, a shelter. Why would they go to a shelter? We know that's not the best situation because there's no homes. There's no Christian homes for, to, for these kids to go in. And, you know, in our case, uh, we had three children. And then in a three-and-a-half period of time, we went from three children to seven children. And you might say, how did that happen? Well, I'll give you a really quick uh, version of that. So... After our third child, we made the decision, our quiver's full, we've had enough, we're done. Why would we decide that? Because we didn't have the kind of faith at the time that I'm talking about here. We didn't really believe that children are a blessing and God will give us what he wants. And then throughout our marriage, my wife, who has an incredible heart for kids, has always talked about, you know, honey, I think God wants us to adopt. And we started the process, we started looking into it, we, we, got, we got into the classes. And then, as Scott mentioned, it was the old what-if got in the way. And we got fearful because it was the what-if. It's the what-if we get a child that is defiant and disruptive to our family. And man, that what-if just kept us from doing it. But you know what, there's another what-if that would not go away. It was the what-if... There's a child out there that really needs a home desperately. And what if we are that family that God chose? What if? And we were just unwilling to do it. You know, it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to actually do. And it wasn't until 2009 that my wife was getting with a dear friend of hers who had recently adopted children from Colombia. 
And she did something with my wife I just have such respect for, and it's just not done that much in the church today. She was very direct and challenging. She said, you know, Joanne, you've been talking about adopting for years. Why don't you stop talking about it and just do it? <laughs> Man, that was the jolt we needed. She's, she's right. We've been talking and talking. Every, all of our friends knew we were talking about it. So because we were already qualified, all, all it took was a phone call. We told the agency we're ready. Uh, you know, we want like a girl. We're thinking of maybe five, six years old. Why five, six? We found out when a foster child becomes six years old, the chances of them getting adopted drops tremendously. So difficult. And I guess parents feel like the older the child, the more problems. So we, we, we put in our word and men immediately, we started getting these pictures of all these children who, who need homes. And it gives you a bio of every child. And it was so hard because it's like you want to adopt them all and we can only pick one. And because my wife has always been a lot more sensitive to the prompting of the Lord, I just kind of let the Lord prompt her. Like, honey, as soon as you feel like God has put one in your heart, tell me. And then one day at work, she says, honey, God prompted me. We've got a girl that we need to go adopt. And she's a little bit older than six. She's actually 11. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. So we, and the thing I learned about adopting older children the process is rapid. Man, before I knew it, we're on a plane. We're going to Columbia to, to get our daughter. And it's my wife, me, and my 17-year-old daughter. And they bring us into this conference room, and then they open the door, and these two awesome girls come, 13. I'm, no, I'm, 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 I'm going too fast here. Hold on. <laughs> so, so we're going to pursue this adoption. We find out a few days later, we get a phone call, and it's, oh, Sorry. There was another couple who wanted this, this girl, and they're ahead of you, so she's no longer available. So that was a disappointment. Then we went back to the drawing board, and then I get a call from my wife, and then she says, honey, how about two girls instead of one? And I said, why? And she said, she said well, they're sisters, one's 13, one's 11. They do not want to separate. And I just feel like God wants us to adopt them. And I said, okay, let's do it. So, okay, so now we're flying to Columbia to, to get these two daughters. And we're in a conference room, and they open the door, and these two beautiful girls come running into us, and they're hugging us and holding on to us. And I'm thinking, these are awesome girls. Now, I find out later that they actually coach them to do that. <laughs> but here's the deal. So for an entire week, and I, I speak no Spanish, and they speak no English. Uh, so for an entire week, we're supposed to bond as a family, which we did. It was awesome. And after seven days, they separate us. They take the girls into another room. They take us into another room, and they give both of us a chance to back out. Now, we knew this was so ordained of God. There's no way. They loved us. We loved them. And then when they got with us, one of the questions was, can you take care of these girls financially and all that? And then the big question Mother Mary is really important to us, and we want to make sure you teach these girls to love Mother Mary. <laughs> now, I wanted to say, don't you worry. The first thing we're going to talk about when we get home is Mother Mary. <laughs> but, but I did. I just shared the type of Christians we are, the type of family we are. We're going to take care of these girls and love them to death, which we did. So before you know it, we're flying back home. And now we went from three children to five children, and our biggest concern was them to know the Lord. And then the second concern was them learning English. So, so we immediately we joined this Spanish church in Weston, and it happened to have like 90% Colombians. 
Because we wanted the girls to hear the gospel right away. We didn't want them to sit there and not understand anything. So, so we get there, and these girls are just fitting in perfectly. We're the gringos that don't fit in at all. And, and they're hearing the gospel. My wife's teaching the Bible at home. And you could just see their, their hearts opening up. They're starting to ask questions. They're starting to read scripture on their own. And then in a matter of a few weeks, they, they gave their lives to Jesus Christ. I baptized them in our swimming pool. And it was awesome. So now we're at five, my quiver's full, I'm done, praise God, I'm blessed. And then my wife calls me at work and she says, honey, remember that girl we were wanting to adopt, that 11-year-old girl? I said, yeah. Well, that adoption fell through and she's now available and she didn't even ask me. She says, she's our daughter, we're going to get her. (laughs) So we're on a plane again, now it's me, my wife, and uh, Lena and Natalia going to get Rosa in Colombia. Same process. They open the door. She comes to us. All these hugs. Week together. It was awesome. So now we're flying back home. Take her to Spanish church. She fits in. Colombian. She becomes a Christian. It's awesome. Now we're at six. We're done. <laughs> so about a year or so later, we're at church, and this uh, 13-year-old Colombian girl comes up to my wife and says, are you guys still interested in adopting? <laughs> And my wife is like, why? What did you have in mind? She says, well, would you be interested in adopting me and my sister? Yeah. So, so uh, to give you some background, obviously, you didn't you know where this is coming from. So there was a couple in their like, early 50s had never had children who also went to Columbia and adopted two girls. They were sisters, and they were also 13 and 11, like our girls. And when they came back, we got to know them really well, and it wasn't going well with that family. And we would get together, the two girls would play with our girls, we would counsel and give them input and try to help them, but it never seemed to go well. The girls didn't get along with the parents, the parents weren't getting along with the the girls. So we got with the parents and said, listen, your daughter approached us wanting us to adopt them. Now we prayed about it, and we're actually open to the idea, if you are, You know, really not knowing what they would say, they were so glad. I mean, it's kind of sad. They said, yeah, we'd love to. I think that'd be great for everybody. So they asked their two daughters if they'd like to, and to our surprise, the older says, no, 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 I want to stay here. And the one that approached my wife says, yeah. And so she got adopted by us, and now we have seven. And please, Lord, my quiver is full. (laughs) I really think I'm done. But I want to read this... uh, this verse to you in Mark chapter 10, because Jesus had a lot to say about children. And here's what it says. They brought these little children to Jesus, that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked those who brought them. And I think the disciples are making a mistake that we make a lot. And, And their mindset was, they're doing the most important thing you could possibly do in life. They're They're beside Jesus Christ, preaching the gospel, healing the sick, feeding the poor. What could be more important to to them than that? And all of a sudden, these kids get brought to them. And I'm sure they love kids, but their mindset was like, that's not as important as what we're doing here. And this was the reaction to Jesus. Let the little children come to me. Do not forbid them, for such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and he blessed them. 
And I think he taught them a lesson they never forgot. And the lesson is this. When you're doing ministry, don't leave out my kids. They are ministry. And again, you, maybe you've never thought about being a part of this, but let me tell you something. The, this, the problem is humongous, and it's getting worse. I mean, do I have to convince you that this world's getting more sinful by the day? And that means more broken homes, and that means more casualties that are children coming out of these homes. And, and my question is, if not who? Who's going to solve this problem? Is it the world? Uh, some of them do, but you know, a lot of the world, they're too selfish to get involved. And I'll never forget telling this story to one of my clients years ago. And when I was finished, he looked at me with this incredulous look, and he says, why would you do that? And you know, the answer to that question is because I'm a Christian. That's what Christians do. And brothers and sisters, who's going to solve this problem but the church? Because we're Christians, and that's what we do. If you can bow with me, I'd like to say a prayer. God, the need is great. Father, we don't know if you want us to be directly involved in solving this need. But, Lord, if it is us, please make it clear. And help us, Lord, even more than that, to be willing to give up, to be willing to sacrifice, to, to not so much be concerned about how it might inconvenience us and how it might affect our lives. But, Lord, just for a moment, can we think about what it must be like to be that child of no fault of his own, to be abused, to be neglected, to be without a mom and a dad and to be homeless. And Lord, can we actually be that family for a period of time, Lord? And if so, Lord, please prompt us to make the right decision as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If this has blessed you, would you consider giving a financial gift to help bring this message to more people? You can do that at vlcministries.com slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Here's what we believe. Living God's way, everywhere, every way, every day. We love you and God bless.